It's time to get inside the Giants huddle. Huddle up, huddle up, huddle up. On Giants.com. Here we go, here we go. And the Giants mobile Get them in there, let's go. Part of the Giants podcast network. Welcome to another edition of the Giants huddle podcast. John Schmoke with you. Today from CBS Sports and NFL Network, Charles Davis. You can find them on NFL Network's coverage of the draft next week in Cleveland. But first, I want to remind everybody, you can find the Giants Huddle Podcast on the Giants Podcast Network, presented by Investors Bank. You can find the archive of this show and all of our podcasts, including Big Blue Kickoff Live, our weekday show, every day live at noon at Giants.com slash podcast on the Giants mobile app, and of course, on all your favorite podcast platforms. Now we're joined by the one and only Charles Davis from CBS Sports. You can see him on NFL Network on their draft coverage. His latest mock draft is up at NFL.com as well. Charles, it's good to talk to you, my friend. It's been a long year since we last spoke, but it's good to see your face. How are you and your family? I echo the same back to you, John. It's wonderful to see you. Everyone in our household's doing well. Thanks for asking. Trust the same for you and yours and anyone who's viewing this and, and watching it. All hope for good health for all. And if you're battling through, getting better. You know, it's been an incredible year that none of us could have anticipated but uh i can't believe we're getting ready to have a draft and we'll actually be on site for the draft so what a difference a year makes yeah hopefully signs were coming out of it on the other side which would be great so charles people might not know this you've known dave gettleman since you were a teenager and you played against him in in high school football so let's start here Based on what the Giants did in free agency, which was a lot, they filled some holes, got a big-time cornerback, big-time wide receiver, re-signed Leonard Williams. Yep. What do you think Dave Gettleman's team-building approach is right now for where he has this roster and the draft on the horizon? Well, I think he's got a, a few options on where he wants to go because you know Coach Gettleman, and I think you've gotten to know him pretty well over time. Big people are going to be – a big part of what he does. You know, I've said this every time you and I have sat down from the time I've known coach Charles, it's always going to be a big man's game, you know? And that doesn't mean he doesn't have respect for the little guy who makes plays. I mean, there are plenty of them out there, but big guys building those lines, fortifying those. Well, you saw free agency getting Leonard Williams re-signed. You saw what he did last year in the draft with the two tackles being picked and Andrew Thomas and Matt Pert. Both of them projected to start right now, I believe, left and at right tackle. You know, Nick Gates coming along last year at center was a big, big deal for them because now I think it lessens the need for the interior. Although I think still probably another guard would probably be a really good thing for them. But all in all, I'm looking at that first pick and it'd be interesting to me to see if coach decides to go potentially edge rusher depending on on how that falls, he might have his pick sure. of the top edge rushers at that number or another weapon for Daniel Jones, some extra speed out there to go along with Kenny Galladay signing free agency to go with Darius Slayton, who's played well in his, in his young career in the NFL. I know they signed John Ross, but he hasn't been super productive in his time. So I wouldn't, that wouldn't be a deterrent for me to, to, to add another playmaker and a, and a weapon. And he might have his choice of a Jalen Waddle, a Devontae Smith, or a Jamar Chase, because we just don't know what the flavor is for teams out there. So it, it'll be interesting to see how that goes down, but I think that'll be it. Now, I will say this, if somehow a Panay Sewell or Rashawn Slater sitting there, that might be tough to turn down, especially a Slater for me, because John, I could take Slater 
and I'd start him at guard right away. You could put him anywhere, Charles. Let's be honest. I think that he could be a starting center and turn into an all-pro. That's what I think of his game. And I remember this. Jonathan Ogden began his career with the Baltimore Ravens as a guard before moving out to tackle and becoming a Hall of Famer. So and none of that is out of none of that's out of range. So Charles, as you know, you do not select positions, you select players. And by the way, I think you hit it out of the park. Those are the exact positions we've been talking about for two months here on our website <laughs> about where the Giants might go. So when you look at the prospect class now, who are your true blue chip? I don't care what year the draft is being held. These guys are top 10 prospects in this class for you. Besides well, the quarterbacks. Besides the quarterbacks. Well, I will tell you this. Caleb Farley, the corner from Virginia Tech, is not going to go as high as he should because of the back injury that, that cropped up late. To me, he's a, 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 an ascending corner. And Sertan has all the creds, and rightly so, and he is tremendous. I like Farley a little bit better because I still think there's more out there. But, you know, that's a toss-up, right? Um, the edge rushers aren't the edge rushers I've seen in the past. I think they're good but they're not, the, they're not the Bosa brothers. They're not those guys, right? So I don't quite put them there. It'd be interesting to me to see receiver-wise what the flavor is because I, you can make a, a strong case. To me, it's Jamar Chase, the kid out of LSU. But you can make the case for Waddle and Devontae Smith, although I think we all had to take a little bit of a breath when we saw the latest weight measurement for Devontae Smith. But, John, I'm going to chalk that up to possibly the finger injury and not having a chance to spend the time in the weight room. That's what I'm going to give him. Because remember Trevor Lawrence, when he when he weighed in at Clemson for his pro day, he was like 213, 214. Yeah, most he's people, gonna, he was going to be 230, right? Yeah, he's going to carry 230, 235, and it's not even going to be an issue for him. But he hadn't had a chance to work out because of the shoulder injury. So guys like that, but Sewell, Rashawn Slater, those are top 10 type players, those tackles. Um, running backs, I'm not quite putting them in the top 10, but they're pretty darn good. ETN and, 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 and Najee Harris, I think, are probably your top guys. But those are, those are the ones that I would hit. And obviously, Kyle Pitts may be the best player of the entire draft. And truthfully, I've been saying this, and I hope it comes out the right way, because I'm a fan of Evan Ingram. And I think that Kyle Pitts is the next iteration of what everyone's expecting Evan Ingram to be. Now let's see if Evan Ingram goes and becomes that guy, because the gifts are very similar. Now, one guy you didn't mention, Charles, is interesting because depending on who I've talked to over the past month and a half, Parsons. some people have him in the top 10, some people don't, right? And that's Micah Parsons, linebacker. So people wonder about positional value. People worry about third down role too, right? He's really not been asked to cover a lot. And you know, in the NFL now, on third down, linebackers got to cover tight ends and running backs is what they have to do. But he's such a good blitzer. So can he be, you know, Devin White and send him back to the quarterback? So that's how do you view Parsons? Yeah, that's, that's it, and I'm glad you brought him up because it would have been wrong of me to miss him in that time frame. Remember, in my, in my mock draft of the one that I've done, I've got one more left before the draft. I've got him going number nine to Denver, and I don't do trades. I don't do move-ups or anything. I just play the board as it is, and I had him going to Denver because I just thought at that point I had my quarterbacks gone. Denver's not going to make a move for a quarterback now this kid is, is something. Vic Fangio is the coach. And what you pointed out to me is the big one. Dante Hightower made one of the biggest plays in Super Bowl history when he blitzed off the edge and knocked the ball free for Matt Ryan. They got lost a little bit in the comeback for New England, but that started it. That's what Parsons can bring you. 
here's the thing. I've got him going nine to Denver. I don't think it's out of line that seven at Detroit could be an out, could be a great landing place for him. New regime, new GM in Brad Holmes, who's already gotten his quarterback. Chris Bielman's there as, as, as a, a special advisor. We all know what Chris is like and, and what a tremendous player he was and defense, toughness. Dan Campbell talked about it in his press conference. Wouldn't surprise me at all to get a player like Parsons, take him at seven. Although we know Detroit has a screaming need for wide receivers too. Yeah, I think that that pick's interesting. I think Cincinnati's interesting. Do they go tackle? Do they go wide receiver? Atlanta is fascinating. Do they pick the quarterback of the future or do you go with the can't miss Kyle Pitts? What are your big pivot points in that top 10 ahead of the Giants as Giant fans try to figure out who is going to drop to them at 11? I started three with San Francisco. I know everyone's got Mac Jones penciled in. I've got him there in my mock draft trying to read tea leaves. But I don't think that it's a, a flat-out lock that it's him because if it were, I don't think Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch, the, the head coach and GM of the Niners, would have been at a second pro day for Justin Fields, a second pro day for Trey Lance. And, John, who are we kidding? Why did they have the second pro days? For think, San Francisco. You think San Francisco had a, had a little bit of a, you know, if you had a second pro day, we would show up. Yeah, <laughs> of course. Duh. And, I, you know, but in today's world, that means everyone can show up and that, that's good for all. But when you watch how Kyle Shanahan runs that offense, Mac Jones can clearly run it. But Justin Fields and Trey Lance, they can run it just as well. I mean, the ability to move, the ability to throw off a play action, the ability to throw off of the stretch run. Matt Ryan learned how to do that. His first year with Kyle Shanahan wasn't terrific, but he stretched. He got more flexible. He won an MVP and went to a Super Bowl. People forget Robert Griffin the third, Great call. Before he, before he decided, I'm going to be a pocket guy and got hurt and all the other stuff, they were running it as well. So don't tell me Lance and Fields can't do that. That's right up there, alley. So I'm not about to just say that that's a lock, but that's where I put Mac Jones for now, and that's why I gave Atlanta number four with Fields because of what Arthur Smith did with Ryan Tannehill and another movement, terrific athlete. People forget about Tannehill being a wide receiver at Texas A&M. He's a tremendous athlete. This kid is every bit of that and maybe more. Yeah, I think it'll be interesting to see where where those teams go. If yeah, there's going quick, to be – You asked me about the pivot points. Yeah, yeah, pivot points. San Francisco, sorry about that. Three no, San that's Francisco, okay. four at Atlanta. Do they go quarterback, as you said? Do they go pits? Do they do whatever? Five at Cincinnati because – conventional wisdom says offensive tackle, but what if they go wide receiver or Pitts is sitting there, right? Now Detroit becomes, okay, do they, I mean, what if Detroit goes Parsons at seven? They can trade too, right? I mean, they might want to move trade, down and get picks. Come up. Someone might come up and say, I got to have Lance before I let him drop or, I, or, or Fields before I let him drop. All these things start to kick in. Those are pivot points. Denver at nine is going to be one. I think the Giants at, 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 at 11 is one. What if you go edge rusher and leave a receiver out there? What if you go receiver and now someone gets the first bite at the edge rusher? Philadelphia at 12, you feel like they're dying for a receiver. Do they have to sit there or are they still a candidate with Howie Roseman to be aggressive and maybe try make a move up to get one of those big three? Who knows? You mentioned edge rushers, Charles, and I'm with you. I think every one of these guys has some sort of red flag on them that makes you worry. For me, if you just watch the tape and you take out all the injury stuff, I think you can make the Jalen Phillips argument for top 10 talent. He's the one guy for me. Who's the one guy for you that if you were going to make that case for the Giants at 11 as an edge, 
And again, I don't have that information of all the field stuff the front offices do. So I leave that aside just off the tape. What's the one edge rusher? If you would make the case for the Giants at 11, pick that guy, which one would it be? If my doctor's clear, I'm Jalen Phillips. He's my best edge rusher, you know, that I've seen off, off of the tape because of his ability to move, bend off the snap. You know, we use those buzzwords like crazy. He's twitchy. He's this. This kid's athletic, athletically gifted, okay? And I think there's plenty more there. The key is going to be what does my medical tell me because of the concussions at UCLA and the injury he had to actually get away from football to come back. But if my doctors are like, thumbs up, he's my guy. I do think that Quiddy Pay is probably a safer pick because of the body. That's a strong, well-constructed young man. And there's something about these Michigan kids they don't put up huge numbers rushing the pass or doing things. His were good, but they're not what you would expect from an elite edge rusher. I think part of that was Don Brown as a defensive coordinator, such a blitz guy. People coming from all over the place, all that. It's not your front that's just going and getting the quarterback. So sometimes you don't get the numbers that you would accumulate. Rousseau, people, Greg Rousseau from Miami, people want to knock him down because of his pro day. Well, he's been away from the game. Not every opt-out kid comes back exactly sparked and ready to go. I think that he will ascend and get better. Former wide receiver. I think his numbers are better than what he showed at Pro Day. But that Pro Day definitely hurt his stock a little bit. But don't be surprised if he still goes in the first round. Because when I think of a pass rusher and turn on that one year of tape, oh my goodness, that kid's something. You can see why he was a former wide receiver by his body movement. Limited Giant season tickets are on sale now for the 2021 season. In addition to ticket savings, membership benefits include access to exclusive events, experiences, pre-sales, and more. You can lock in your seat starting at just 100 bucks. Call 888-NYG-1925 or visit Giants.com slash tickets for more information. Hey, Giant fans, get a New York Giants checking account from Investors Bank with the Giants branded debit card, security features, and discounts at the Giants online shop. You can earn up to 250 bucks when you open an account at InvestorsBank.com slash Giants member FDIC. Don't miss it on your chance to experience a premier hospitality experience watching Giant games and world-class concerts in 2021 as a Giant suite partner. Limited full-season locations are available or place a deposit for individual games. Call 888-NYG-1925 or visit Giants.com suites for more information. You mentioned Waddle and Smith. There could be a chance the Giants have one of those guys on the board. Heck, maybe both somehow fall off of, you know, Parsons and Sertan move up, five quarterbacks go, both offensive linemen. They could be staring at Smith and Waddle. At 11. Is that simply Charles and the expression I've been using all month is a chef's choice? You yeah. know, which flavor do you want, right? They're both great, but do you want the rat runner or do you want the explosive guy? How do you view those two? And how do you think NFL front offices will approach that Devontae Smith at 166? Will that frighten off enough people that might allow him to slide? I think that people are having those debates as we speak and they're battling like crazy, trying to get comfortable with the idea. Because the one thing he has always shown is toughness in maybe the toughest conference in the he country. He plays special teams, for goodness sakes. You know, and so when you throw that in there and you think to yourself, there's no way he's going to play at 166. We get him in the weight room. We get some time. He may be slim, so he's not going to all of a sudden be a 200-pound receiver. you got to understand that. But is he really going to be a 166-pound receiver? Not likely. So, so that's what people have to come back to. I think that's where, where people are getting comfortable. And I feel like the movie, The Replacements with the kicker, he's strong, he's wiry, you know? And this kid has never shown, you know, it dings and the whole thing. He plays through it all. 
So I, I got to give him a lot of credit for that one. For me, Waddle, that ability to go from gear to gear to gear, that's going to be the key. And that's why I think I penciled him in for the Giants at 11 in my last mock draft because Galladay, not slow, but is he a blazer? I wouldn't call him that. Darius Slayton can run pretty well, but this kid can really run. Now you've added every dimension on the perimeter. Signing Kyle Rudolph is a big deal to help with, with, with Evan Ingram, but I still have a strong belief that Evan Ingram is going to make that jump. I just do. This kid is talented, talented, talented. That's why I keep saying he was Pitts before Pitts in this draft. His ability to run. He hasn't been as consistent as he's needed to be. This is a huge year for him. I don't care that he went to the Pro Bowl last year. That didn't feel right. This feels right that this is a big year for him. If his confidence is up and he can go, boy, that would be huge for Daniel Jones. Charles, how much of you, the Giants, do you take in consideration what you think might be there at 42 with their second-round pick? Because this is, which is not common, a yeah. pretty deep offensive line class, right? You can go grab a tackle, a combo guard tackle in the top of the second round. There's wide receivers all over the place. I mean, you can get one around three oh, or four yeah. if you want, whatever. Um, so how much do you take that into consideration where you're almost looking at it as a package deal, right? What value am I getting for 11 plus 42? And then you arrange your positions and players that way. I think that's a great point. And I think some of the teams in front of the Giants will be making that determination as well. If you see Cincinnati grab a receiver at, at, at five, whether it's a top pits or a wide receiver, you know, they're in, in their mind, they're thinking I can go back to top a second and grab one of those tackles. You know, can I get a Brady Christensen from BYU, a Spencer Long from, from, from Northern Iowa? I mean, I can go on and on with different guys. You know that. Um, so, so those are the things that will start to put, come into play. I think for the Giants, what would be interesting, if, if, if they go receiver or edge rusher in the first round, can you come back in the second round and one of those elite, what I call elite, one of those guards yeah. is sitting there. A Trey Smith from Tennessee. Is Wyatt Davis your flavor from Ohio State? You see where I'm going with this? It's a lot that goes into because I think Nick Gates has lessened the, the need to go center. I think that he has taken that, I wouldn't say off the table, but you don't need to say to yourself, okay, I got to go get Creed Humphrey or Landon. Absolutely. Someone like that. He has done that. But I think that right, that other guard position, because you're still counting on Mr. Hernandez to be what you, what you drafted. I think that other guard position could be a spot for them on that second pick. Yeah. And frankly, the third pick too, Charles, you could have, a, you could have Trey Smith from Tennessee sitting there at the top of the third, be round, in the third you know. round or yeah. Banks, the kid from Notre Dame, right? There's a bunch of Deont Deontay Brown from Alabama. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of, and, and, and those are really big people. Okay. <laughs> and, and really yeah. big people that, 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 that's a monster deal for them. Yeah. I I'm with you. So that could definitely be a second day option. The fits I'm having trouble with, and you help me with this. If they go defense there at 11, we'll push edge rusher aside. We talked about that. They already have the two starting outside corners, Adoree Jackson and James Bradbury. Now Jackson does have some experience playing inside, but it's only been about 10% of his snaps. Would you feel comfortable taking a guy like Sertan there who maybe you disagree? I think he has to play outside, right? I don't think Sertan's a guy you can play. Where he's best. Right. Exactly. You got to put him outside. Would you feel okay then of saying, all right, Adori, we just paid you all this money, but now you're going to be our inside guy if you decide to go corner there at 11, or maybe then you lean towards a JC Horn who has that inside outside flexibility if Graham wants to go back to a more of a man-to-man -man scheme. 
Yeah, you know, you've got to know that the guy who's going inside is all in on it. You remember the Eagles' dream team? <laughs> yes, I do. Nandi, they had, baby. They had three terrific corners. None of them wanted to be the nickel. It's right? a tough spot to play, man. That is a, not right. a fun spot to play. That two-way go, <laughs> what your eyes are seeing too much, too fast, all these Run things. support, all that stuff. If you're not comfortable with it, it doesn't work. So what looked on paper like a phenomenal deal – when they're like, okay, who's going to play the nickel? All three of them looked at each other like. <laughs> and it's not from courage. It's not out of the fact that they couldn't comfort zone. This is where I made my bones. This is where I'm really at my best. It's where I'm at my peak. So that's what they would have to make a decision on and doing that. But you'll have guys that'll pop up in this draft that I think that, that later on could be some pretty good nickels. You know, Elijah Molden may not go in the first round, but he's probably the best, most pro-ready nickel right now. Now, do you expect him to last in the second round all the way to the Giants? That's probably a lot to ask. But he's going to be a pretty darn good nickel player in there. And then you got some of these safeties who have those nickel qualities as well, like a Javon Holland yeah. out of Oregon. That, that, that can also do it kind of like a Malcolm Malcolm Jenkins who came out of Ohio State. I'm a corner. I'm a corner. I'm a corner. Malcolm, we don't know. You might sure for fast enough. I'm a corner. I'm a corner. I'm a corner. By the end, okay, I'm a safety. <laughs> and he came in all pro Pro Bowl safety and gave you flexibility to be able to go into the slot and deal with people as well. Tyron Matthews, that type of a player. So I'm talking about the top of the food chain guys, but there will be guys like that that will present and give you that flexibility. But whether they're listed at corner or whether they're listed at safety. And then how does Parsons fit into a 3-4 scheme with Blake Martinez, who really did a great job as, as the Giants' Mike last year? Because I see Parsons, at least on first and second down, as a Mike-type linebacker, right? Sideline to sideline, he's great run fits, all that stuff. And then how do you just see those two guys kind of fit together in a three-down scenario in the Giants scheme? Yeah, you know, you're going to be most of the time in a nickel sub-package anyway. So sure. that's where your fit comes in. You you play to the best strengths of that. You have Martinez running your defense. You have Parsons roaming your defense. You know, you bring him off the edge. You know, his ability and speed to be able to go out there and cover people. You've got flexibility like that because Patrick Graham is not going to be in a base defense very often anyway. Who is? No, no one is. Like, like, <laughs> like we list base defenses and then we all laugh at each other. Like, why are we doing that? It's not going to last long. It, I, biggest fight I had with my crew last year for TV was fighting about adding the nickel into the starting lineups. Because for most of us coming up through the ranks, it's 11 guys on the field. Yeah, I know that. But this guy's going to play as much, if not more, than one or two of these guys. So why don't we just start listing the nickel? And I think before long on our TV lineups and all, we're going to be listing nickels. We're going to be listing the sub packages. We're going to be doing all sorts of things with it. Yeah, a lot of times that Sam linebacker plays 15 snaps and then the the, the nickel's on the field for 85%. And you're like, oh, how about that? Anyway. All right, yeah, two more questions, Charles. Before we ask you for your fun prediction, let's go here. What's the trajectory right now for where the Giants are? We saw the progress last year with Joe Judge. I think everyone was very happy with the production he got out of the talent that was on the field. And he tried to settle what's been a tumultuous few years for the organization. Now they make these big additions into free agency. They're committing to these young players they brought in. This is now the core for a couple of years now. What's the trajectory for the franchise? I think it's a good trajectory. Um, what's going to determine everything when it's all said and done Coach picked Daniel Jones to be the quarterback. He picked, he picked a mature kid. 
you know, a kid who's going to be able to play through adversity, all those things. For Daniel, and this isn't, you know, earth shattering, he's got to quit creating his own adversity. He's got to take care of the football, you know, and if he does that, my goodness, everything else is there. You see it. You see him throw the football, see him running the fall. We can laugh all we want about him tripping against Philadelphia last year. But how gorgeous was that when he was out in open field? Running away from defensive backs. Thank you. So all of it is there, and they're continuing to build around him. The defense is coming along. I thought it was a big deal, Leonard Williams getting re-signed. That, that said a lot because, to me, that's him telling other people, I like what we're doing here, you know, because the, the opportunities and all. No, I like what we're doing here. This is good. This isn't just simply a money thing. This is a good deal. And, I, and, and Joe Judge came in and did exactly what he was hired to do. Give that team direction. Give that team clear understanding of what was expected of them and what, what accountability they would be held to, and off they go. And I thought he did a phenomenal job in year one. So I do think that the trajectory is good. But it's interesting, in a really down year last year in the NFC East, there are a lot of teams with, who seem to be forging into a nice little trajectory in the East. Dallas, we keep saying the same thing every year, I, and we can't understand why they're not a consistent playoff team. But you look at them again and you think, I like what they're doing over there. I love what Washington football team is doing. Philadelphia is the one that needs to probably make a few more jumps. But with Howie Roseman as the GM, don't underestimate that. He's very aggressive in trying to go get what he wants. One more quickie before your prediction. Is this the year Dave Gettleman trades down for the first time oh, in general manager oh, draft history? No, no, no. Tell you what, John, if we're sitting there at that draft and Coach Gettleman trades out of that pick. I'll text you. Okay, you won't need to text me because I think the paramedics will be administering oxygen to me and Daniel Jeremiah right there on set. We'll be like, what? what, 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 what? Yeah, in other words, Daniel Jeremiah will be making that right turn on a NASCAR track, right? Yeah, now that he knows a third of the races are on, are on road, road tracks, you know, I was like, DJ, why don't you talk to me before that? I know it's weird to talk to me about NASCAR, but even I knew that one. Come okay, on. so yes, yeah, I did. I don't know anything about NASCAR. Even, right even I knew that part. I mean, you know, <laughs> but I, I was just giving him grief, but it turned out to be a great thing because, you know, it turned into more funny stuff. But Coach Gettleman has not done that. I don't believe this is the year that he does. He's got a prime opportunity to get another big-time player. All right, Charles, final one. I'm going to give you two bites of the apple here. Give me 11 and 42. Give me the double whammy. First two picks of the Giants in this year's draft. You can do it with your mock, or you can go off the rails a little bit. Have some fun. Well, listen, I did my mock, and, and I gave you Jalen Waddle there. I'll switch it up for this one and say edge rusher and go quitty pay for Michigan, okay? And then come back at 42. I'm going to get that big monster out of Notre Dame, Aaron Banks. I'm going to plug him in. He's going to start day one for me. Charles, you said Dave Gettleman thinks big people win games. Those are two big fellows. That'll help the Giants offense and defense. Great stuff, my friend. We really appreciate it. We'll talk to you soon. All right, Charles, good luck on coverage of the draft of the NFL Network. Thanks a lot. Always great to see you. you take care to everyone. Hi for me. I will do that. That's another episode of the Giants Little Podcast and the Giants Podcast Network presented by Investors Bank on the Giants Podcast Network. You can find it at the Giants mobile app at Giants.com slash podcast and your favorite podcast platforms. For Charles Davis, I'm John Schmelk. We'll see you next time, everybody.